The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Emma Shagormley. We are two best friends with one common obsession. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We tried it all and we've got your back. We'll be calling on all our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. Consider us your beauty 411 and sometimes your 911. From how to fix brassy hair to the pros and cons of laser facials and always with a cocktail in hand, always. So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays and host of the Life Mariana podcast. In this episode, I've got Bethany Frankel, and I've been so excited to interview her and speak with her because I really admire the career that she's had because not only was she one of the first housewives to really come up with this concept of branding yourself, starting a company, having a business that existed outside of yourself, but she's really authentic in all of the places that she shows up. You know that with her, what you see is what you get. And I think there's so much to learn from her about branding yourself, authenticity, showing up on social, and I really admire that she's now gone on to own her own content and platform and that she doesn't need mainstream media, that she can be so successful with her podcast and social media and YouTube and all of the stuff that she does online. And I think you guys will learn a lot from Bethany in this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast or follow on Spotify because I've got new episodes every Tuesday. From everything from social media to television, you always show up as your most honest self. If people want to be more authentic, in real life or online, how can we learn to be more honest? Because it's something I definitely have loved from you from watching on TV and now especially on TikTok. Uh, It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the weak. It's very conflicting because everything is about being honest and being authentic and not being filtered. And yet everything now is about gotcha. So if you're on social media and you watch people, someone says to somebody, what do you actually eat in a day? Or how do you stay so thin? And then you tell your answer, your true and honest answer, while many people will relate to it and applaud your honesty, many people will then hate because you're a role model and you've told your truth. And then that's a bad influence on people if someone doesn't agree with exactly what you've said. So it really is a double-edged sword and you have to be willing to be respected and not always liked. Like to choose that you want to be believed and respected over being popular and liked. And I think too, especially on TikTok, it's a lot of like clickbait. So it's almost like false authenticity where people are saying these things, but maybe they don't even really mean it. Where I feel like with you, it's really genuine. Like this is authentically who you are. I, yeah, I am pretty true to who I am. Anyone who knows me knows that. Yeah, it's, you just have to be fearless about it. In one way, it's not easy, but in another way, it's very easy because it's liberating and you don't have to watch what you're saying and cover your tracks and, and cover up things that, you've said that aren't true. Is it something that you've got more comfortable with as you aged or has it always been someone who you are? I think I've always been like this, but I didn't always have a public platform. So it evolves and becomes something different. And again, you get criticized for the very thing that you are applauded for, you know what I mean, from being honest. But it's really more about what's in your own body and how you feel, meaning it doesn't matter what everyone else really thinks if you feel good about what you're doing. So there are things that I do and say that are scary, but they're what I really believe And so I feel good about saying them. Now, not everything needs to be said, which I've definitely learned in my in my path. But I would say you really have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. And in that case, getting older, it's really liberating to just be honest and and authentic about who you are. But it's more about finding out what that is. 
it's not that easy. Some people just say things that they think people will like or that they think that they think because they've sort of been trained and programmed to say these things. It's like some, it'd be like somebody only saying everything according to a party line in politics. It might not be what they really, really feel, but they, they feel that they have to adhere to just what the whole party thinks. So you can, you can believe, you could be a Republican, but not believe in every single thing that most Republicans believe in. But you get trained to think things and say things and you regurgitate things that you're reading in the media or that other people say. So it's hard to find out what you really want. Yeah, I think, too, there's like so much information online that we're just like consuming so much. We end up taking on other people's opinions and thoughts without it even really being authentically our own. Exactly. And it happens a lot in beauty, too, where you're just saying something's great because so many other people think said it's great. You think it's great. It may not be that great. It may be the same as a lot of other things. Well, you said beauty, so I have to get into TikTok because how did you become like an accidental beauty influencer? I wanted to access TikTok years ago before the D'Amelios and the big, big famous TikTokers and the social media person I was working with said it was for people 8 to 13 and that I shouldn't get involved. And I will always regret that because I would have gotten a really early start because I had heard that it was going to be big. I didn't even understand it except for that song Old Town Road. I didn't understand how to access it. So then I started just sort of help, having people help me post things. But like, it's like when brands get into TikTok and it's not awkward because they don't understand it and they're trying to have other people help them get a presence there. And it's weird. And I was like that because I didn't understand it. And it's like anything else. You can't understand what it's like to be in Tokyo until you go to Tokyo. So you have to go into TikTok to understand what it's like in there. It's a world. And then I started posting certain things and getting an understanding of what it was. But one day I just, it's always the weird thing that's not, forced or not supposed to be anything that does well there. It's a weird world there. So I just was actually naturally curious about the difference between the really expensive stuff that was just given to me by a makeup artist or sent to me by a brand years ago, just sitting in my drawer that I didn't understand and what I would see at a drugstore. I literally didn't know any of the brands, didn't know anything at a drugstore, didn't know anything on TikTok, had no idea who any of these people were marketing all this stuff. And I walked and I just posted and then I ended up in this world, in this beauty room on TikTok for months. Like, it's all you saw is like the glow and the snatch and the this and the that and the viral. And like, it was the only thing I was seeing. So I walked into this room and I learned how to do my makeup in this room. And I learned about the business in this room. And I learned a lot in this beauty room. So I walked in accidentally and I, I'm not in the room as much as I was then because the room is extremely expensive. and bizarre and like it sucks you in but I understand the whole space now and I've been getting my makeup done for 25 years and never and still didn't know how to do my makeup any better from the first day I started and now from social media I know how to do it and I understand the steps and the brands and the products and the marketing and the bullshit yeah and I think you've done such a good job of honest reviews because a lot of people that are full-time beauty influencers obviously it's catered towards brands that they want to work with. And I like that I can come to you and I know like you're really telling me something great and you're letting me know like if this expensive thing is not worth it because a lot of people are saving their money to buy something really expensive and maybe it turns out to be not as great as they thought. Yes. I mean, I'll really call out if something really is not worth it, you know, but in, in the in the middle, in the gray area, it's kind of like, do you want to buy a Chanel bag? Do you want to buy a potato? How do I tell you? Like I did actually review it Bottega bag that I knew wasn't worth it because it's so jumped off the page for not being worth it. And it was so hyped up. So it's typically something's hyped up, you know, 
And then I'm saying like, wow, it's it's the juxtaposition of this Gucci palette that literally looks like it's from Claire's with tiny chiclets. It's 150 where you've pushed me now. You've pushed me, you know, because even an Hermes bag at ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000, it's not that it's it being worth it or not. There's a lot of things I put into that decision, meaning that could be an investment. It's performing better than the stock market or art. So if your reason is to have it and it will last forever and it will be good quality and it is an investment, I can't in good faith say that it's not worth it. But it may not be worth it to you because it just holds your items and you could buy a bag at a street fair. But if something really jumps off the page, it's like, okay, now they're screwing with me and all of us, then I'll say it, you know, and and even drugstore stuff like this is garbage. So that's when you have to push me. I don't go like run of the mill. This is a $200 cream and it's not worth it because you may want the compact. You may want the packaging. You may want the experience. That's your own choice, just like Hermes and Chanel. You know, it's your own choice if it's really worth it. But if something slaps me in the face as being insultingly not worth it, that's when I'll speak about it. Has there been any product that surprised you that you went in trying it, like thinking, okay, I'm probably not going to like this or like you were like, wow, this is just such an amazing product that everyone needs to know about this one. I would say some drugstore stuff, like that the Nivea side of my face stayed more glowy and hydrated 45 minutes later than the La Mer. And then I had a major famous dermatologist brand person who's made millions and millions of dollars and famous for this reach out to me to say, you're exactly right about Nivea versus La Mer and that they have 99% of the same ingredients or 95% of the same ingredients. Like I didn't know anything. I just knew it's Nivea. Let's open that and try that out. Like that was really surprising. And I didn't know Elf was inexpensive. I thought it was a cheap brand because it was the drugstore. Like I didn't know that they are thoughtful and conscientious about being clean or like I just assumed it's at the drugstore. It's it's garbage. I didn't know that L'Oreal could have a cream that's in this upscale packaging. And yes, it's not cheap, but that it would be as rich as something that I've gotten from Shantikai. So it's really just the discoveries. It's sort of like if you're coming into something completely with a fresh blank canvas, like I was, you can make good decisions. If you're someone who's been so cluttered and so influenced into knowing what's good and bad, and you're supposed to think that this brand is better than the other, and then you're a little cluttered. And then you're watching these influencers that have to post five times a day that something's the best thing they ever saw in their life because they're being paid. So five times times 365 days a year, they're in a machine. They're advertisers. Like they cannot possibly think that all these things every day are the best. You can't really trust them, but you could possibly trust somebody coming in who doesn't know a damn thing and but but who understands good and bad. It's not like I haven't had very, you know, thousand dollar facials and it's not like I don't know good and bad. I know I have good skin, I know, but I'm not cluttered and tarnished by all of this stuff for these years. It's not a space I was ever interested in. As we speak, and as I do basically every single day, is I'm wearing Skims. And you guys already know that I love all things Skims. And it started with their Fits Everybody collection of the butteriest underwear you'll ever want. I'm always seeing their cotton loungewear all over my feet. So I had to try it for myself and see what the hype was about. And let me tell you, I feel like when you try Skims, you just know it does not disappoint. I love seeing everyone's first reaction of like, okay, this stuff is for real because the fabrics are amazing. The fit is amazing. They are so cute and flattering whether you're wearing it in or out of the house. 
Skims is creating the next generation of loungewear for everybody. I tried the cotton t-shirt from Skims and it really is the best t-shirt I've ever owned. I love the fit of it and I'm really picky about the way my shirts fit and what the fabric feels like. I love that even after a few washes, it still just fits really well. And the Skims t-shirt is such a game changer. So if you're looking for the perfect t-shirt, the search is over. So some of my favorites that you guys might want to try from the cotton collection. And if you're looking to lounge around or have something to layer, the cotton rib tank and bone is amazing. This is Skims most tag collection and it's made with classic cotton fabric for comfortable everyday wear. And it's made from ultra soft and natural fibers. The cotton collection features elevated lounge pieces designed for comfort indoors and outside. Whoever said loungewear was only for the house has not tried Skims and it's available in sizes XXS to 4X. So believe the hype, Skims has over 100,000 five-star reviews for a reason. The cotton collection and more are available now at skims.com. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order and select Life with Mariana in the drop-down menu that follows. Even like for us, when you posted Summer Fridays, Lip Butter Bomb, everyone was tagging me in your video, like, oh my gosh, you mentioned it in the video. And so you really are so influential in the space of beauty and like everyone's noticing, even it was like further along in the video and people like still really noticed it. And so I love too that you liked our products without knowing me or knowing what the brand was. No idea. And the truth is I got the box and I thought, what the hell is this? This is these two lip balms in a box that was so nice and it looked super fancy and it should have been expensive shit that's not worth it because I was like, what is this going to be? But I always want to be fair to a product that takes the time to send. And then I'm scared now because then everyone's going to send me everything. And I get it's it's like we'll get into that because that's a whole process. But so I saw it and I'm not going to get sucked in by the packaging, which was nice. And I'm not going to get sucked in by the hype. I, I don't even know. I didn't even know if it was clean and green and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, let me try this product and see what I think. And it did jump off the page. It gave you a pop of color. It felt like quality. There is a difference. There are drugstore products that have come close and that are nice that I realize that they're trying to be what you guys were. And that's a whole separate conversation because that's frowned upon in luxury goods, but somehow like okay in makeup. And that's weird to me. But your product was good. So I just judged it on like what it was, not on marketing. Then I ended up seeing it was sort of viral and everybody wanted it. My daughter wanted it because she's seeing TikTok. I just judged it on face value and it was very, it was very good. It did jump off the page. I do like it. I didn't give it away. And I give 99.5% of things away. So if I keep something, it's made it through. Well, thank you. I'm glad you kept it. I'm overwhelmed by like the sheer amount of stuff that I get too. So what makes it past your desk that you are like, I'm going to even try this product? I try pretty much everything, to be honest. It's just sitting on deck. I'll look through. So I'll get something from a brand that's, and I get 40 things. It's seven. So I'll first, I'm more excited about getting rid of part of it than I am getting it. But it's like this weird thing where I get it. I want to be fair to the brand. I, I want to be honest and I want to give them a chance. And it's harder for brands like you that are in the middle to get seen because the story doesn't jump off the page as much. So if I, if I get a dollar lip gloss and say it's the second coming, that that jumps off the page. If I try a $500 Givenchy and it's really worth it or it's not, like that jumps off the page. Those sort of bridge brands, like in apparel, it would be called like bridge on that floor. Those like in between where it's not a fortune, but it's also not cheap. Those are harder to tell a story for people because there are a lot of them and a lot of them people haven't heard of. So those are the ones that I really look through. And like if something jumps off the page, I want to tell the story because I know it's harder for them to break through. I just could tell because I've talked about them a lot and people don't seem to care as much. They care about really elite and really cheap. So that's another part of it. But 
I'll get a bunch of stuff. And then I first want to just like get rid of something that I think is not going to be a shade match, put that over on the side and the color of blush that I probably wouldn't have bought myself online. So you want to just like whittle it down and then it's in an individual container. And then you want to sit down and put it on your desk and you're not that excited because you have so much stuff. And sometimes like your lip balm or gloss, something jumps off the page, which is why you try everything because you'll say, wow, I wasn't expecting to like think this was anything and I love it. So there have been some brands like that where that happens and that's really interesting and nice. And also you realize what people really shouldn't be developing because I know what categories of lines are just too saturated and too crowded. And I'm like, oh, another serum. Like serums need to be on hold right now. Like it's it's too much with the serums. There's too many serums. Does this make you want to start a beauty company, a beauty line? <laughs> no. And that was the first six months was everybody was a conspiracy theories and everybody doing videos and writing articles and I was starting my own beauty line. And that's the only reason I would be doing that. And here we are. And I have not started my own beauty line, despite that big, famous multi-million dollar company reaching out to me and many <laughs> others, too. I, I don't want to do it because I think there's too much lying and I really couldn't say something new. That's what I admire so much about you is like you have built this personal brand for yourself and a brand and you were really the first housewife to start a company and a brand. And I think it really set the blueprint for what other housewives even come to join the show. They say like, I want to do what Bethany's done. Like I want to be skinny girl margarita. So how did you use that show to build a personal platform for yourself? Because now people are able to do that with social, but I think you really went into it with a business mindset. Like I remember you ordering the drink and just being on the show and then people being interested in like, Oh, I want to go get a skinny margarita when I got to a restaurant. Yes. I invented the skinny margarita and using that platform, but I always instinctively knew what I was there for and that it was to promote myself initially as a natural food chef, which, you know, then evolved into this cocktail. But I don't think I understood exactly what I was marketing, but I knew that it was a vehicle. And to be honest, the other women didn't think of it as that. They were just being on TV. They were going to be famous and it was entertaining. And I remember years later, Jill Zarin being on the phone with me and saying, I need to have a thing. Like, I need to have a thing. Because everybody, after seeing what happened with me, felt like they were late and they needed to somehow jump in. And Carol Radswell was researching white space to try to figure out what she could do. And everybody was like feeling like the clock started. And yes, producers from all of the other franchises have said that the women come on and say they want to do what Bethany did. And Dorit's husband told me that that's why they did the show. And it's well documented, which is why it can be in ridiculous and insulting when people say that you know, Bravo made me and that I, you know, sometimes bite the hand that feeds me when I talk about the medium because I fed myself. There are many people that were left on the side of the road in this platform. And I, I did it myself from the beginning. I had a platform, but they didn't give me the platform for be strong. And I was successful there. They didn't give me the platform for this podcast and I've been successful here. So if I do something, I'm going to do it fully. And I would have been successful, probably would have taken longer or been in a different form, but I was always an entrepreneur. And how can people use platforms, like whether it's social media or television, to brand themselves? Because I think we all have this opportunity, but it's different for people who are actually using it with like a game plan in mind. Well, it's also way more crowded. I mean, everybody wants to do the same thing and you can't hear it as much. And it's really a turnoff now on TV to see everything be a commercial. So that has been a little bit, that medium has since passed. And social media is more powerful than television. My podcast gets higher ratings than Real Housewives episodes on Bravo, and they take millions of dollars to produce that and $100,000 premiere parties and marketing budgets and glossy 
promos and and on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, you can just post something immediately. I mean, musicians are made, food critics and food bloggers are made. So you have to just be able to connect and communicate and work at it. And it's like fishing. You will sit there for days and hours and months and years and get nothing. And then you'll get a fish on the line. I mean, for what reason did last night me being in a turban and eating a potato become go viral? Like my my own staff were laughing, hashtag potato turban. Like I knew it when I posted it because it's just stupid enough for it to go viral. But I woke up, it was like over a million views to just like eat a potato in my kitchen. It's ridiculous. In this episode, I am so inspired by Bethany and the business she was able to create. And if you're looking for an opportunity for yourself to level up your business or to learn something for yourself, if you want a new phase of your career, meet Georgia Tech's Scheller full-time evening and executive MBA programs, consistently ranked top 20 in the nation. In fact, the evening MBA program is the number one part-time MBA program in Georgia. So here, students can choose up to 14 concentration options to major in, including sustainability, business analytics, supply chain, international business, and more. And these would have been great skills that I wish I could have learned before starting my own company. Scheller's full-time MBA program is ranked number one among top business schools when comparing total tuition costs with average starting salary. Tuition is over 50% lower than other comparably ranked programs. In addition to the affordable tuition, Scheller offers many scholarships and fellowships for women, making an investment in you and your MBA accessible. They're all about career transformation. Scheller's MBA career services are ranked top five in the world, six years running. Their advisors can assist you through one-on-one coaching, interview prep, resumes, and career development workshops, career fairs, and more. Scheller is located in the heart of Atlanta's Tech Square, an area with the highest density of startups, corporate innovators, and researchers in the southern eastern U.S. Women are leaders in the Scheller community and have many opportunities to build their leadership skills through student-led clubs, committees, events, and leadership development programs. Visit gtmbawomen.com to learn more about Georgia Tech's Scheller MBA programs. It is the end of October, so this is your reminder that the holidays are coming. And if you want to get ahead of your holiday shopping, do a little bit with Macy's Gift Finder. They've got a bunch of different ways to search for gifts, like shop by price. So if you want to shop by your budget, you can do anything from $25 to $50 or Lux. Or if you want to shop by recipient, which I love to do this, it just makes it very easy to find whatever I'm shopping for something for somebody specific, like for her, him, kids, or even young adults. Or you can shop by gift list. So Macy's has curated unique lists for gifts that are wrapped and ready to give like self-care gifts and secret Santa gifts. You can't go wrong with fragrance. And there's a couple that Macy's has that I think are really good gifts to give. And they just feel so luxe and special like Chanel's Coco Mademoiselle. They also have the Burberry Her Perfume, which is amazing. And then the new one from a couple Dior events that I've gone to is the J'adore Eau de Perfume. It's so amazing. I have this already and I also gave it to my mom and it's got this fruity, floral, bright fragrance and it also smells a little bit warm. So check out Macy's.com slash gift How do people take a personal brand into a business? So you're posting on social, you have a platform, you have followers, you have a podcast, you have listeners, but a lot of people now want to start brands. So how do you bridge that into becoming an actual business? Well, you have to decide what you want and things that are shiny and successful are not always lucrative. If you're on social media and you're getting paid and you are making money and you don't have to, you know, get waist deep in it it could be a more viable model. If you start your own brand and you own it and you build it up through marketing it and you take on the legal risk and the liability and having to spend all this money, 
Yes, you own part of it because that's an equity model, but that takes, you have to decide who you really are and what you want and if you have that. There are plenty of housewives to use as example that have, quote unquote, they have a fashion line, I have a handbag line, I have a makeup line. And then you see it dissolve because what did that really mean? They could be just licensing, getting a partner where they make like 7% per everything they sell, but 7% of the profit. And some of these people don't make a lot of money every year. You could make like $20,000, $50,000. It's being presented as them owning a brand, but they might not really own it. So you kind of have to get educated on all the different models. I don't want to start a beauty brand for many reasons, but one is also that I don't want to start from the very beginning with the meetings and the packaging and the liability and spending the money. And I don't want to partner with someone else and just take a small percentage of licensing. So I, you know, I have... I'd rather build my podcast business, which is enormous and, you know, a multi-million dollar business. I'd rather build YouTube where I can promote different products within my own show and people can advertise or sponsor, but there are different models. And I think that everything looks good on television and in the media and everyone now has a business and a brand, but they're not all successful and they're not all actually making money. Most of these businesses you're seeing on Housewives where did all of them go? Where did, where did Beverly Beach go? Where did she by Charade go? Where did Sonia, you know, Morgan business go? Where are all of these candle businesses, handbag businesses, all of these businesses, they're just something, where did Tamara's gym go? And this is not dissing them. I've had businesses fail too. Where did Teresa Fabellini go? Where did Kathy Wakili red velvet cocktail go? Like it's not as easy as it looks. It's good to have it as a storyline so you can keep going on housewives, but it doesn't mean it's making money. 99% of them aren't making money. Yeah, I think that's a huge misconception that when people start a business, you instantly are like rich. And even if the business no. is really successful and you're doing really well, you're still not making a lot of money for a long time. So what are some other misconceptions people have about starting businesses? Well, you just said a big one. So we could go back and look at the Kardashians who've been enormously successful and are billionaires, but they had a failed credit card, failed tanning, failed quick trim diet pills, failed, I think, extensions. So, you know, so many failed businesses because business is hard, but they have such an enormous group and a family dynamic that they can keep pushing through and play the odds game where something was going to hit because they also have a self-produced commercial that was on for 20 years to promote these things. Other people don't have the self-produced commercial to do that. So, yes, it all looks good and it's great for storylines for reality television, but it doesn't mean that it's all going to succeed. And the same thing goes for people on social media, you know, and, and, and people that are so successful. What happened to Darion Jeans with Beyonce? Like what happens to the, to the Mark Anthony and J-Lo business at Kohl's? They're both their apparel. Like things dissolve and they want them to dissolve because they want people to not realize that those businesses fail. But if those people who have hundreds of millions of followers can fail and not make money, think about what can happen to a, a normal person. It's not easy to be successful. Like people like Sarah Blakely deserve the credit because they started on their own without the medium, without the vehicle. Like it's not as easy as it looks. Not at all. I think people don't realize how easy it is. And I think social media does a really good job of like seeing the glamorous side of it, but it is so difficult. Yes. And I think about that all the time with like the celebrity brands. I'm like, they have all the money, they have all the access, they have all the marketing, they can get into like most of the retailers that they want. And it's still really difficult for them. 100%. So it's fool's gold. Yes. Thinking you're just going to have a brand and it's going to make money and be rich. I know I could name a thousand that have failed. What do you think you did right with Skinny Girl that people could apply if they're starting a business today? I doubled down. I, you were at the casino. I doubled. I split. 
I parlayed. I just, I was on TV. I had the vehicle. I was first. I had a new idea. I had a new idea, a new show, a new medium of entertainment, the first ever low calorie ready to drink cocktail in history. Ready to drink was something that didn't even really exist. Every canned beverage now, every, you know, every low calorie beverage, all of that started because of Skinny Girl. All the celebrity successful brands from from George Clooney and Randy Gerber to any, you know, to 818, to Eva Longoria, to all of them, they all were as a result in the wake of Skinny Girl. So I just was relentless and didn't stop. I knew I was first, but I had to be first and have power. And I was just an individual person. So I was, I pushed it through. If I had waited, if I hadn't been so relentless, it wouldn't have succeeded. It could easily have failed. I also think too, that you didn't brand it so much of yourself. It was a brand that could stand alone regardless of you. And that it wasn't named like Bethany's margaritas or something like. I don't like branding things myself. I really don't. I've never liked it. I tried it for a minute on HSN because I was pushed to do it. And I've always been asked by people around me. I I just, I'm not interested in that. It did not serve Martha Stewart back at the time when she had her brand because she got into trouble and then it pulled the house down and it just doesn't serve people. In my opinion, it just doesn't, it's not necessary because also Bethany and Martha Stewart and Rachel Ray and, you know, Ellen DeGeneres get older, Oprah, you know, we get older and the young girl could still relate to a brand, but maybe not the person. And you bring in a new crop of people it might relate to a brand, but not a person. People know who my brand is, but not me. Absolutely. And you want it to like live beyond you because I think that's how it can scale and grow, that it's not so reliant yes. on the founder. Like, exactly. And you have so many types of work that you're doing now between podcasts and YouTube and content. What does your days look like? Like, what is your schedule like? My schedule looks like a person who's like frenetic <laughs> and like manic, like meaning one day it's sitting around and just like, going to the beach and going in the ocean and being with my daughter and, you know, going to wear flower dresses to Montauk. And then the next day it's crazy. And we have five, you know, three podcasts in a row and doing interviews and doing social media and having really important meetings and strategy. No two days are the same by any stretch of the imagination. Anyone who works with me is, there are never two days that are even remotely identical. What my day today is like has nothing to do with my day last week. So, and it's what I want to do and what I make of it. And I do nothing that I don't want to do. And what is your content schedule like as far as like posting on TikTok? Do you like to have a certain amount of videos a day? Do you sit down to film stuff? I film only when I want. I don't, this is not like, I don't say like today I'm filming. Like I don't, I'll be laying around my house and it'll be raining and I'll have a bunch of stuff on my desk that I want to get through and I'll just sit down and have a burst. And then there'll be months where I don't want to post any beauty because I'm completely full. And I don't think anything new is being said. And I think it's all bullshit. And I just don't have anything new to say. So I won't say anything. And then I'll go on a vacation and I'll get a bunch of boxes, come home and something jumps off the page. And it's kind of like a burst. But it's a lot less with that. It's more with cooking and being in my house and things that I'm around. But it's always just spontaneous. And you have like a somewhat of a schedule that like the people around you would maybe like to get to on social media. And then I just jump in and throw random things up. It takes two seconds to do like potato turban, which is not planned. And I didn't tell anyone else to edit it. I just throw it up. It's very free. I don't have anyone film the stuff for me because 
I would not enjoy that. I don't want to hire someone to be like looking at me like, let's shoot content. I'm not interested in that. So I do everything myself. That's surprising. It is a lot to do content all by yourself too. Like getting that much content up, but stuff that I like from you is really that in the moment content. Like I remember one time you went to a local salon somewhere. I feel like you needed a haircut or a blowout, something like last Well, but you minute. remember because she had your name. I think yes. it's called like Mariana. Yes, I yes. remember. And I was like, well, this is so amazing that you went to this place. You happened to find a small business and you're supporting someone and sharing it just organically because you went there. And I think it's also surprising too. Like people might think you might not just like randomly go to a salon and you did. And I think it's so amazing to spotlight other businesses in this way. Well, absolutely. And that's funny because that was like me going to that salon was like somebody else going to Frederick Fakai in New York City. Like, I don't even go to a salon. I color my own hair. I don't care. I'm not vain. So that day, Bryn, my daughter, really wanted to trim. And I was like, you know what, these grays. And I got there and the Ecuadorian woman was like, your hair is a disaster. It has like four different colors in it from all the different like pandemic bottles of crap that I just did to dye my roots. So that for me, that like local Ecuadorian salon was to me like, a real person doing my hair, which I don't have usually. So that surprises people. But yeah, that was funny. And I love that with social right now, it really gives people the opportunity that they don't really have to rely on other people. If you're willing to post and you have a point of view, you can really do something with this platform and be consistent. And where there are so many people who are successful now and it's giving them financial freedom because they have something like a TikTok or Instagram. It's an incredible time. It's a direct to consumer content to the people model to sit there and film something with somebody else being in control and somebody else editing it and somebody else telling you where you have to be and the hair and the makeup and the promo tour and the PR tour and the sitting in a conference room pitching something that somebody else controls and they decide what it's supposed to be. When you, some man in a suit telling you, it's got to be this meets that. We already have too much of that. And you and your mind and your body feel like you know what something should be. It's exactly what Skinny Girl was. Everyone told me it was a bad idea and it wouldn't succeed, but I wanted to do it. So it's the same thing with content. You have an idea, you have a product, you have a recipe, you have a way you do your blush, you have anything, you have an opinion, you produce your own show. And a lot of people don't realize that and they're not marketing it as that because they haven't, their brain hasn't gone there yet, but it's your own TV show. You don't need the network. Absolutely. And for people who might have wanted to start something, like you said, people said it's the wrong idea, like don't do this. How can people not listen to these outside opinions, especially if it's people's opinions who you're supposed to value and they're supposed to have all the right answers? It's a new world order now. And I wrote this in my book years ago called A Place of Yes. Never assume anyone is smarter than you. You yourself know yourself. You know your body. You know your content. So you have to decide what's best for you and you have to decide. But just be clear and concise. Don't be all cluttered and stuck in the weeds of your idea. You know, be able to communicate it, convey it and connect because connectivity is what really creates success. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And where can everyone listen to your podcast and subscribe and follow? So my podcast is Just Be and Rewives, which have a bunch of other podcasts under them. We are on iHeart everywhere you get your podcasts. And there's some explosive stuff coming very soon this week, today and tomorrow. So be listening. Amazing. But you, you did a great job. Thank you. Congratulations on your success. I appreciate it. Amazing. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.